Hello there in podcast line and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network where your hosts have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a couple jokes, we give you our insight into the film, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host Hollywood and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Adam and Maestro. Hello. Hollywood, look at you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to do the like it. <laughs> yeah. uh, this week, we continue our 2017 thankful series with my selection, and I'm picking 1991's The Silence of the Lambs. The Silence. The Silence. Yes. It's a the. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll get into why I picked it and all that. All right. All right. This movie was directed by Jonathan Demme. His two other most notable films that you probably know are Philadelphia okay Tom Hanks and yeah and the Manchurian Candidate remake with oh, Denzel Denzel did you like that one I recall liking it but I was young oh, okay he did that one <laughs> okay and this movie stars Jodie Foster Anthony Hopkins Ted Levine Scott Glenn and Anthony Heald let me do a brief synopsis we'll go from there a young FBI cadet must receive the help of an incarcerated and manipulative cannibal killer to help catch another serial killer, a madman who skins his victims. I ask this every week. Have you ever seen this before? Absolutely. Maestro? I've seen it uh, since I was a kid. I've been watching it, but in segments. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh wait. Oh, wait. You never saw the whole movie? <laughs> I, I've, seen, I've seen the whole movie okay. later in life, but okay. in the beginning okay. parts. Um. So we did this with Maestro last week. We asked him, why did you pick this movie? Yes. So, so me, Hollywood. Yes. Why did you pick this movie? I love The Science of the Lambs. Uh, I am really big into serial killers and like the concept of FBI profiling. Yeah. I have a book written by Robert Ressler. He's the guy who coined the term serial killer. Oh. He was the FBI agent who came up with that term. He didn't come up with the concept of profiling, but he perfected it. Okay. He worked... I did, so Reading the book, I've learn that if you're an FBI agent, you can go into any prison in the U.S. and speak to any prisoner. Just, I want to speak to that guy. Okay. And they'll just bring him to you. Oh. So he, since he was an agent from the late 60s to the early, uh, late 80s, in his, uh, so in order for him to build a profile, he has to learn about other serial killers, see how they act, right. how, see how their upbringing was. So he interviewed Charles Manson, Ted Bundy, uh, oh, wow. yeah, uh, John Wayne Gacy, all the all the big heavy hitters, Richard Ramirez. He interviewed all of them. How about the Iceman? Uh, he wasn't mentioned in the book, but okay. I'm sure he interviewed him at some point. And he talks about the characteristics of a typical serial killer. He talks about um, the 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 victim, like how they select their victims, and it's just like in the movie where Clarice is like, oh, he's a white male between 18 and 35. Uh, his first victim, yeah. you know, he enjoyed the taste of it, so he can't stop, and blah 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 blah. Okay. And in the book, I learned... That fascinates me. Yeah. It, it's great. It's a great book. Uh, I know you don't read, but if you did, I will let you borrow the book. Well, it's great. If there's an audio version, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. <laughs> uh, in the book, he at the last chapter, Robert Ressler writes that the script to Silence of the Lambs was delivered to the FBI, and they wanted FBI agents in that field of criminology to examine the script and give any type of like, nah, an FBI agent wouldn't do this, wouldn't do that. So his analysis analysis of the script was it's a very good script, but there's one flaw with the script. I never knew this. FBI agents, they're not out there in the field, like, kicking doors down trying to find Buffalo Bill. Oh, okay. So their job is to act as a consultant to local law enforcement 
here's our profile and who, who we think he is. Oh, interesting. I think you should check maybe this pe- these, these people, these people, these people. They act as consultants. So they're not on the field like, ah, kicking the door so down. that's why they're called the suits because they can yes. wear the suits and yes. just not get their hands dirty. Exactly. Ah. So he said. So he said if this was the real FBI, Clarice wouldn't be out there alone looking for Buffalo Bill. Like She would be at least with a sheriff or someone else so you, also on the field. But, yeah, she's a trainee. Yeah. So yeah. you're telling me. Yeah. The Johnson and Johnson doesn't exist. Hold on, <laughs> easy. Well, they're not profilers. No, they're not. Yes, thank you. Oh, okay, thank you, Hollywood. Yeah, they don't explain that, do they? No. Well, they they've been in combat before. They're combat ready, just like in Vietnam. <laughs> they're, they're I was five, dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, then technically one wasn't ready. Then was he? Yeah. So I like this movie a lot, um, and I like to watch a lot of shows about. Serial killers about profiling and Silence of the Lambs. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's I know so much to talk about. All right. So the trivia section. There's so much trivia. Uh, I couldn't get through all of it. I'm kind of excited. So here's a couple like things before we jump into the buoy. Right. Oh, spoiler trivia. No, Ooh. it's just oh, okay. just like setting up about the the movie. So this is the only movie. Only three movies have ever won the the big five awards at the Academy Awards. Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Director, and Best Screenplay. The Science of the Lambs won all five of them in 1991. Fantastic. Or 92, whatever year it came out. As it should. Uh, the only two other movies, uh, one was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and I forgot what the other one was. Okay. Ooh. Uh, no. Good movie, but not this good. Gene Hackman <coughs> bought oh. the rights for Science of the Lambs. And he wanted to star as Hannibal Lecter and direct the movie. I can't. Really? I can't see Gene Hackman? That was the original plan, but then he backed out at the end. Oh, well, that's good. I can't, I can't, I can't see it. I could see him as maybe being like Jack Crawford. Okay, yeah. But not Lecter. No. Sean Connery was approached to, the first person approached to play Hannibal Lecter, which that would have been fucking hilarious. That, yeah. Some fava beans yeah. and a nice Chianti. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Looking at Gene Hackman, he doesn't have that kind of like suave. Like, I know he. No. It, wouldn't, it wouldn't be good. Like, I didn't even like him as Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah, and that was like the, like his, his pinnacle. Yeah, yeah he I'm, wears outside like Hoosiers. Yeah. But. yeah, he wears his entire emotions on his shoulders. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer was the first pick to pe- play Clarice Starling. Okay, she turned it down because she thought the script was too violent. No, uh-huh. and then it went to Jodie Foster. Wait. And then she went out to go do a, was it Desperate Measures? Yeah. All right. So violence is okay, nudity, not so much. I don't know. Wait, all the way around. But I just think it's interesting that Clarice oh, yeah, and Hannibal Lecter were not the first they, picks. No. They wow. were like the... the, the that the is interesting. Afterthoughts. But but bravo, though. Yeah. They, they fucking took gold. Yeah. Everyone, everyone who did this. The book... Hand, Silence of the Lambs. I can't imagine anybody else playing any of the characters in this entire it, movie. Exactly. The only other person we could think of. Okay, so. Okay, yes. So, um, we're probably going to talk about everything in the Silence of the Lambs universe. We're probably going to talk Red Dragon, Hannibal the TV series, Hannibal the sequel. Yeah. And this movie, obviously. Right. So, we'll probably talk all this stuff. Yes. Uh, I always said I couldn't picture another Hannibal Lecter. But then when I started watching Hannibal the TV show. I was oh. like, God damn it. Mads Mikkelsen Mads. fucking crushes it. It's amazing. They're two different performances. Yes. So they're both good in their own equal way because you see more of Mads. Yeah. He's only in this movie. Uh, Hopkins is only in this movie for 
21 minutes. Right. Very short screen time. But, but Mads, but, you see him. But you also see Hannibal in, in like the other, like the, the spinoffs. And the, yeah. He comes up more in Hannibal and in Red Dragon. And I, I think that's when I started to like get to like him more. It was in the, the, the sequels mm-hmm. or the prequels, depending on yeah. how you look at it. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I, I thought he was great. Hopkins is amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen anything I didn't like. Yeah. I mean, I even I used to get these uh, lot VHS tapes way back in the day, <laughs> uh, back when VHS was a thing and I was uh-huh. in college. And uh, it was like Hearts in Atlantis, I think, was yes. one, which I even like. That's based on a Stephen King book. Yeah. Well, I, I got it because it was part of a lot. I didn't want that movie. Okay. But it was there. I'm like, all right. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I liked it. I, nothing. Uh, well, uh, he was Thor, right? Or no, he He's was Odin. Uh, Odin. That was kind of like a, he don't belong here. Yeah. Oh, dude. Remember the part where he talks to uh, Loki about the, being the father and stuff like that? Yeah, no, he, he's, he's he's good. It's just I just it, I would have not chosen him for that role. He, he doesn't do a bad job, but it, that one didn't seem to fit as much as it probably could have. Mm-hmm. All I know is the people on the stage actually, when they were watching him do the takes, yeah. cried. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's a, he's a great. He's, he's like theater trained, right? He's yes. Like, like classically Broadway. trained classically theater trained, actor. Yeah. Um, he before this movie he wasn't really doing movies in hollywood like he was mainly in england in england like doing stage shows okay the only notable role he had before this i think was the elephant man in like 1980 oh so i don't know how he got picked to play hannibal lecter if he was like off the grid for yeah. in well at least in hollywood for so long well is is this based off a book it is based off a book okay so the that's why i said gene hackman bought the rights to the book right for the movie rights for the book so but the book takes place Overseas, no. the The book takes place. It's like the movie. Okay. Yeah, the book. It takes place in Virginia or West Virginia or Maryland, wherever wherever Wait, they keep Hannibal si- Lecter. The Silence of the Lambs. Is, yes, is, it's not the first book though. Uh, I would assume it's because it's like there's a whole backstory about Hannibal that's all, like over in like in Venice and oh, that's the sequel. Yeah, but is that not where the story starts? No, that's yeah. the, that's the second movie. Yeah, no, but I'm not with the books. I assume the books was like a whole series of books, and they just chose, we'll make this one the movie. I think Hannibal takes place after Signs of the Lambs in the book series and in the movie series. Oh, interesting. I think that's a sequel. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's it. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Wow. Uh, no credentials. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. I said, that, yes. I said that in the beginning. <laughs> so this... Uh, I don't know how to tackle this episode. This sto- The story, yeah. like... The story is great. I learned something watching this movie. This has zero fat. This story, every scene is needed to progress the story forward. There's not a lot of fat in this story. Okay. There's maybe a, a scene or two you can kind of leave out, yeah. but everything in the movie works forward to get to the end goal of the movie. There's, that, that there's not true. a lot of fat in this but, story. But I also had the thought that, like, as far as explaining this goes, uh-huh. it'll be very quick to explain. Yes. Because things... The, the, the scenes are amazingly done. Yes, they're they're, they're long, but uh-huh. they're important. Yes, but if you like dilute it down, uh-huh. we could explain this movie in like ten minutes. <coughs> yes, and be done with it. Mm-hmm. But that'd be a huge disservice. I know. What do we do? What, what do we do here? Well, do we I just s- give a brief synopsis and then talk about what we liked about the movie, yeah. or just? Uh, we, we got through the scenes. We got through the scenes. Okay. All right. So. Uh, we start off. Chianti. Too far. Too far. So Clarice Starling, <laughs> yeah. she's a uh, FBI trainee. Up and coming. Up and coming. She wants to be a FBI profiler. 
So her boss, Jack Crawford, who's the head of the behavioral sciences unit. A white guy? <laughs> yes, because in the TV show, he's uh, played by Morpheus, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, Larry Fishburne, as yeah. I like to call him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy who plays Jack Crawford, he, Scott Glenn, the one role I always think of him is in Training Day. Yes. He's the guy that they steal all the money from. Yes. It's buried Bang. in his basement. Boom. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I see Scott Glenn, that's the first yeah. outside of Jack Crawford. This, that's the one role yeah. I think of. I see him getting shot by Dr. Dre. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, was it Dr. Dre that shot him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's not what you know. It's what you, you can, can prove. prove. That was oh, such a great movie. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that should have been a thankful movie. Oh, yeah. If I, if I hadn't chosen my that movie, movie already, that might be my thankful movie. That was brilliant. Well, you have it to your birthday. Oh. I don't know. I we'll got some Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be <laughs> some Bruce Willis. So there's a killer out, serial killer out in the Virginia area, West Virginia area, named Buffalo Bill. Mm-hmm. He's called that because he skins his victims. Yes. It started off as a joke. Yes. Uh, with the Baltimore PD. Uh-huh. But now that's his thing. I never realized how fucked up like Baltimore is. After watching like The Wire yeah. <laughs> and like watching this, I'm like, Jesus Christ. And then Hannibal, the TV series... There's like a serial killer every week in Baltimore. It's like, yeah. What the hell's going on out there? There, there was a murder she wrote. That was a that was an old TV show back in the day. Yeah. The one with Angela Lansbury. Yes. 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 There, there was talk about. Uh, I think it was Chris Harder was talking about in the Nerdist that he has a theory that uh, she's the killer. She's the killer because <laughs> there's too many murders happening in this very around very small her. town around her. Yeah. Yes. It's, just, it's such a small town. This it can't all be happening. <laughs> and th- these are all things she's writing from like prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her murders that she's been doing. Uh-huh. And how she framed on everyone else. Right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Jack Crawford sends her on assignment to this mental hospital in Baltimore yes. to meet with Hannibal the Cannibal yeah, Lecter. Cannibal. He was a psychiatrist who ate his patients. Yes. And he's they're going to sell him some bullshit story that he has to fill out a survey because they want to learn about serial killers and how they think. Right. But he's really sending her out there to see if maybe she can learn anything from him about the Buffalo Bill case. But she doesn't know this. But she doesn't know which this. Which is key which to is why key. she's being sent. Because if she goes in With knowing this, agenda. Yeah. he's going to read it and say, nah, nah, I'm not interested. So she goes to this mental hospital. And we, this is the first time we meet Dr. Chilton. And now, yes. it, now in the Hannibal TV series, Dr. Chilton is like the biggest piece of shit. Yes. But in this movie, played by Anthony Hill... He he crushes it, dude. Like he is great. He's amazing. He's amazing as a piece of shit. Just I I, I love him. Like later on in the movie, he, there's like a press conference, and he goes, "My name, by the way, is Doctor Frederick Chilton." Yeah. Like he just wants to get his name thrown out yeah. there. Well, he I'm the one. This information because of my unique insight into <laughs> Hannibal. Yes. It's Chilton, by the way. C H I. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I love him. He he is so great. The, the guy who plays him, Anthony Hield, he's great. Like he's yeah. a great character actor. He reminded me, and now I, I didn't think we were all going to get this out of the way so soon with uh-huh. the Bushwell's comment. Uh-huh. Uh, but he reminded me very much of uh, Richard Thornburg, which is the news anchor from Die Hard. Uh, <laughs> yes. just, yeah, just sleazy asshole uh-huh. guy, just out for one thing and one thing only. Uh huh. But yes. My buddies have a theory that that guy's life was ruined because he played the asshole in Ghostbusters, the asshole EPA agent, and then he played the asshole reporter in Die Hard. So, like, everyone hates him oh, okay. for those two movies. So, like, everywhere he goes, like, yeah, you fucking suck. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. But, but the same kind of token, though, who's it? Uh, uh, Ari Gold. 
uh, uh, Jeremy Piven. Yeah, he, he was in PCU, which was the he played the exact opposite of his character in Old School. Cause in, oh yeah, because he's the dean in Old School. Yes, that's so right. In Old School, he's the guy that he was fighting against in PCU, mm. which was an interesting thing, but also still balding back mm. in those times, mm-hmm. which was also weird. And then when he plays Ari Gold, <laughs> yeah, he's got a full set of hair. Yeah, wow. yeah, he got money, man. Yep. He's an agent; he can do whatever he wants. So she goes to the site. So, so um, is it bring it in, bitch? Was that his name? <laughs> <laughs> so Clarice goes to the mental hospital. She meets Doctor Chill, and he straight up is like a, you know, Baltimore's a lonely place. If you're not doing anything tonight, uh, yeah. perhaps uh, we can have dinner yeah. and drinks. And With she's the right guide. <laughs> I can show you the things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, cr- he's crushing. He's yeah. crushing it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, this, I, I don't want to ruin this movie for yes. you at all. But I feel like this might ruin it a little bit. Okay. Uh, Jodie Foster. Uh huh. A lot of her acting reminded me a lot of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Some of the like, it's, it's, it's like spe- in general, Nick Cage. The way or? the way that she was speaking, like especially at the scene where she goes down, is like, oh, maybe we, uh, if you're his nemesis, maybe we shouldn't have you down in here because you might uh, see his yeah. thing. It's like, well, you would have told me this in my office, save me the trip, but then I wouldn't have had the pleasure of uh, your company. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the way that she delivered that line was like, that's the Nicolas Cage line. And she's kind of like talking in whispers a lot of the movie. The, yeah. The way Nicolas Cage would be like, yeah, well. Uh, okay. I could thing. sort of see that. Yeah. What did you think of her accent? I, I didn't It's know. supposed to be like a West Virginia yeah. I, the, like country accent. I don't accent. know much about Jodie Foster. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I do enjoy what she has been in that I've seen. Uh-huh. But as far as accent goes, this, I, I didn't see it too far off from what she actually is. So it, it didn't bump me at all. Well, it, here, but it did remind me a lot of Conair uh, type of. So okay. it, yeah, the, the the version of Nicolas Cage in Conair reminded me of this Jodie Foster in Signs of the Lambs. Okay, well that doesn't ruin the movie for me. <laughs> okay. It's just it's an interesting well, when you watch it again observation. If you're thinking Nicolas okay. Cage when you watch it, okay, it might it might mess things up a little bit. <laughs> well, here's something. <laughs> here's something that I read in trivia. Again, I had so much to work with, yeah. I couldn't use it all. The scene when she first meets Hannibal Lecter, he makes fun of her accent, where he goes with your with your accent and your he he like does an American like country accent. Yeah, he legitimately did that to make fun of her, and her reaction is her genuine reaction that they got on tape. Nice. And Jodie Foster said in interviews like she's glad that he got her on that because that really like opened her up to be like to look like she's like afraid of this guy of Hannibal Lecter, and I'm fucking like that's beautiful. fucking brilliant. Yes. Like Hopkins knew just to go at her like that, making fun of the accent. See, and that's weird because I, I feel like as a classically trained actor, you'd be like against improv. Yeah, but it just I, it, the instincts. Uh-huh. To, it, ah, yeah, he's great. He's great. We haven't even gotten him there. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. So the guy, so the orderly who works down there is Burrell from the Wire, yes. the the chief of police right. in the Wire, Burrell. <laughs> and he says, "I said it was so weird to see him that way." Yeah. Because he's, he's like an underling, basically. He's he's, yeah. he's no. He's Chilton's like <laughs> underling. Yeah. He tells her, just stay on the right side of the room. Don't um, don't hand him anything like with paper clips or anything. Blah right. blah blah. They go over the rules, and she he, walks. He's also very positive. Like you're gonna do great. Yeah, you're gonna do great. I said, but chair, you'll be fine. Yeah. She goes in there and she walks by these four other guys, and the guy next to Hannibal Lecter cell, his name is Miggs. Yep. And uh, dude, this fucking guy. This this was the um, this was the guy from Doom. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> Not the same actor, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But the same kind of feel where the guy's that like, guy, yeah. oh, I'm going to get me some tequila and some Taiwanese girls. Yeah. <laughs> or boys, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Same kind of just freaky, That's weird. It. Yeah. So these first four guys, now, they're, they're in bars. <laughs> yeah. Then we see Lecter, and he's behind like a plastic... Uh, there's Plenty no bars. bars. He's like locked in there. Like, yes. How does he get out? Because later they transport. How, how do they get him out? Oh, I'm sure there's some way to get. Yeah. Him out. Yeah. Well, in the TV series, there's there's obvious ways. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think they show the door. No, they didn't show the door. But cause the the the, way, the framework where you're looking at it is just an ideal cell for just people to talk to, so he can't attack them. Right. I think that the door is hidden in the back area or in the ceiling where he has to climb out. So he can't use his arms or hands to get anywhere. That'd be smart. Maybe. Yeah. They did the same idea in uh, X-Men Days of Future Past where they had Magneto yeah. stuck uh, in a in full plastic, plastic glass area. Yeah. 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 And, the, and the way they were re- he received his food was through a tray from the ceiling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The vibrations of that super they, fast guy. Chil- Dr. Chilton mentioned something. I, I didn't catch it until I saw this movie. Okay. He says, be careful, you know, with him because... He, uh, we took him out for his physical, and look yeah. what he did to this he, he nurse. He complained about like a uh, heart pain or something. Yeah, so they so they took him out of his cell, and the nurse bent over, and he says, "Look what he did to her." And you don't see what the picture is, which is brilliant. Which is brilliant because in your mind you're creating what you're seeing. Oh yes. But Doctor Chilton says his heart rate never went above 80, 85, beat, 85 or yeah. whatever. And later on in the movie, I know yes. I'm jumping ahead. When he has the nightstick and he's fucking beating the guard, he's doing it like so calm. And I'm like, holy shit, he can control his heart rate. And so yeah. So when also, he's wearing the, the fake face, yes. that's how they're like, he, we have a heartbeat of a uh, blah, blah, blah. Right. So he can like control how his heart, that's that's insane, uh, dude. I didn't catch that until right now. He's the, he's the perfect master uh, villain, mm-hmm. criminal, anything. And what's great is like you root for him. Like the scene oh, where yeah. he's escaping, like you want him out. But he's like a fucking horrible yeah, cannibal. Yeah, he's the worst. He's, he's the worst. <laughs> uh-huh. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Yes, you wanted to win somehow. So they meet, and this is great. They're only on screen together, I think, in three scenes total. Hopkins is only in the movie for 20-ish minutes, but it's great. Yeah. Their exchange back, it's great. Amazing. He first sees her. Credentials, please. Yeah. And she holds him out, and he goes, closer, please. And you can tell she looks nervous. She steps forward. Yeah. Closer. She's doing a very good job of trying to contain it. Yes. But you can... Well, because... As an audience, you're nervous for her. Yeah. So you just imagine like, oh. You're scared of her even though he's completely locked up in a plastic like bubble. Yes. They did a great job of portraying him as – without any preconceived notions of who he is. Because you don't know who – you don't know any detail. You just know that he's right. a cannibal. That's, no that's all you know. Yes. So the whole thing about the uh, – this is what he did to the nurse. Uh-huh. Walking up behind the glass. And the whole, the whole intro to him is, is brilliant. What did uh, what did Mig say to you? What is it? I, I couldn't hear. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can smell my cunt. <laughs> See, I can I cannot. Oh, because he has breathing holes. Yeah. In the cell, so he puts his nose up by the holes, yeah. and he goes, "You wear uh, uh, Avian screen cream, and uh, there's kind of, some kind of perfume, but you're not wearing it right now. But not today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like she's like, uh, yeah." So, but the, that in itself is brilliant because yes. that means uh, this outfit that she's worn hasn't been washed. Uh-huh. Uh, so she's put on perfume with that outfit on, uh, but the Avion screen cream is, is enough to overpower that. But still, the perfume is still there. So this, it's like it's just insight into the, how how crazy 
radical this brain works. Yes. Ugh. So she's there pretty much to say, we want you to fill out this uh, this form. And he goes, he goes yeah. Jack Crawford sent a trainee to see me. You're not really here for that, are you, Clarice? Yeah. So they go back and forth. So pretty much she goes, okay, there's a killer, Buffalo Bill. And uh, we think that maybe you could help us in some way. And he goes, sorry, won't help you. Like, he pretty much gives us the cold shoulder. Yeah. She leaves. No, but, but hold on. The, the whole back and forth yeah. was, was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Because they're, they're pretty much, they're trying to play each other. Yes. But he's much better at this than she is. Yes. So when he's, she's trying to, like, do the things the fu- and whatnot, uh-huh. and then, uh, oh, how about the surveys? And he's like, oh, no, no. <laughs> You're doing so well. Uh-huh. And then with that clumsy little thing, it's not, it's not, it's not how this is going to work. So he, he's, he's, he's already picking her apart from uh-huh. the beginning. And she's just, like, trying to do what she thinks her job is, not even knowing what she's there for. Mm-hmm. But she's take, carrying herself in such a positive way that Lecter is now impressed by her. That We, we did the whole thing about the uh, uh, displaying of trust, uh, re- receiving courtesy, re- displaying courtesy. Mm-hmm. And now, oh, you disappoint me. You're so. doing so well. Yeah. I guess we're done here. Mm-hmm. Move along. So she leaves, and then Miggs... <laughs> <laughs> he's jerking off and he throws his fucking semen at her yeah and i i can't believe this was in this fucking movie dude i can't yeah. i don't think you could do that in no. a movie today no and this was what 80s 90s? 1991 yeah early, early yeah wow and when did you see this movie the first time was it in theaters? i was like no i was on video my mom rented it okay. i think i was like eight maybe nine. Oh, geez yeah i was i was mid to late teens when i saw this and even so then, you're out of like, your bubble. Yeah. Okay. But I was just like, wow. Yeah. I was, I was still very impressed by it. Yeah. So she gets so she gets semen on her face, um, and, and he calls her back. Agent Starling. Agent Starling. And he gives her some fucking look for my former patient, Miss Moffat. Yeah. And th- this was confusing to me when I yeah. first saw it. Uh, watching it now, I, I had a little more clarity uh-huh. because and and you get this through the rest of the movie that he's. As fucked up as he is in the head, uh-huh. he's still like proper. Yes. He, he still has a very weird set of like morals and what is right and what is not right. Uh-huh. So he was like done with her until she got disrespected. Yes. Like, I know she's not as bright as she could be, but she's still smart. Mm-hmm. That was fucked up. Hey, let me throw you a bone here. Uh-huh. So he says, look for my old patient, uh, Mrs. Moffat. Yeah. Whatever. So... Uh, I love this. She goes to her car and she breaks down crying because the whole thing about this movie is she's the only woman in her like unit. It looks like – well, no. She has that other black chick who's like a trainee. But yep. like the opening scenes through the title sequence, it's her training. There's bigger guys. Like everyone who looks at her, they always look at her like weird because she's the only woman. Yes. Like she's constantly under pressure for being the only female there in this a, world. There was a lot of undertones and uh, sometimes not even undertones of just – like female empowerment, yes. Of like a, a, a woman making it in a man's world, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the, there's, there's, at this point, there's a flashback of uh, how she was with her father, and 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 th- this was powerful. A lot of this wasn't as powerful to me as I watched it this time around because I watched it younger in life. Mm-hmm. But this scene when she walks out to the car and she's crying and she sees the car and she flashes back to her dad. And there's a scene with her dad where she's talking to her like, "Hey, did you catch any bad guys?" And she said, "No." The dad is like, "No, they all got away today." And that 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 is her mind frame right now. Yeah. That I was I was after this guy and I failed. Mm-hmm. So that, and that's 
that's that it makes it so much more powerful that scene just because she knows that she failed or thinks that she failed yeah. flashes back to that scene which at the time I didn't think I was like this is a weird scene to put here mm-hmm. but fucking powerful man again no fat every scene yes it flows what are we 30 minutes in with that's, the first 10 minutes of the movie <laughs> that's fine well, <laughs> no but it's fine no, totally fine no it, it's we'll go through the but like there's only like six like big big scenes where yeah. we have to talk a lot about but yeah. everything else you can just flow yes. through like this is one the first time oh, they meet absolutely like the buffalo <laughs> gotta talk about it <laughs> oh word oh word we'll get to that so she figures out that Miss Moffat the, like the term he used was like secretly like code what was, was it? it look deep inside yourself yourself and yeah. there's a storage unit in called Baltimore yourself. called your self storage yes I know how I, I, I don't know how she figured that out. Sure. She's, she's top of her class. Yep. Even though she got an A minus uh, from Jack Crawford. Uh, they curved? Yeah. It was a curve. Sure. So she goes to the storage unit and it was prepaid for like 10, ten years or something. Right. So they she opens uh, the storage unit. I remember seeing this as a kid. I thought like someone was going to be in there. Oh, okay. But then as an adult, I'm like, no, fucking that <laughs> thing's been sealed for like years. No one's going to be in there. So she rolls in. By the way, it can only fit one person. Yeah, as a public storage uh, operator, uh-huh. it's pays for ten years up front. <laughs> it's got to raise some flags, right? Yeah, but you're, but I'm sure you're not going to say anything because this guy paid you ten years That's up front. True. Yeah, but then, I mean, so was this his? This was in uh, Hannibal Lecter's unit, right? This was Buffalo Bill's no unit. No, this is Hannibal's. This is okay. Yeah, so he killed. Moffat? Well, uh, not based on this movie, but based on the series. We know Hannibal's oh, yeah, that's been right. a crazy person for a very, very long yeah. time. Uh, and everything is super calculated. So this was the head of what apparently is Buffalo Bill's uh, ex. Oh, his lover. Right. Who was a patient of Hannibal. To Hannibal. Okay, yeah, that's right. Right. That makes sense. Uh, how he kept it or how he got the body? I don't know. Doesn't matter. It's dental. Mm-hmm. Not part of the movie. And in its in the head's throat is is a moth. Yes, and they figure out that it's a specific type of moth. It's not grown everywhere. It's only grown in like South America, but you can grow it locally. But you need a lot of equipment just to maintain the environment and all this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is when the uh, the the moth geeks come in. They're playing <laughs> a moth chess, yeah. uh, or bug chess, whatever. And like, oh yeah, this is a this is a rare specimen. Uh-huh. Somebody had to care for this. Somebody had to love this. Uh, so now that and this this is the problem I have with all the CSI type of things uh-huh. the, the shows the, there's one major fuck up in every one of these CSI type of shows like uh, w- one of the first ones that I saw of CSI was this is the uh, Las Vegas one mm-hmm. uh, this guy I think killed a homeless guy and but he w- put on somebody else's shoes to kick him in and he lost a piece of his toenail clipping and uh then he cut his toenails and missed the exact toenail that was matched up to the one that was inside the boot. There were, there's too many incidentals here. If you're going to be this kind of crazy serial killer, uh-huh. you don't want to be. You don't have any kind of exotic anything. Yeah, anything that will tie you to anything whatsoever. Uh, Bill Simmons he has a podcast called The Rewatchables where they uh, they go they watch they watch movies that are on t- cable TV all the time okay. like Speed, Point Break. They did this episode. And, oh, yeah? they, and then they to, uh, today they released their fugitive episode, and Bill Simmons mm. said, "You know what? I'll tell you what, pharmaceutical company. If you're going to hire like a security expert who's going to kill doctors to keep your se- uh, secret safe, don't don't hire a one eyed one armed man. <laughs> like, in the off chance that this doctor fights back, right, and he lives, 
You, you send the guy with two arms. Man. Yeah, he goes. Yeah. Exa- send the guy with two arms. Yeah. Don't don't send the one arm man. But two he, arms, he white, it, blonde. Yeah. <laughs> but name he, is John Smith. Yeah. But he came with such a high recommendation. <laughs> he has a high Yelp review on the uh, the, the Craigslist. Uh, what is it? Wet crimes. What do, what do they call it? Wet 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 work. Wet work. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she goes back to Hannibal Lecter, saying, "How do we know that? By the way, the wet work. What? Where did that come from? Movies." Okay, thank God. Sure. So she goes back to Lecter for a second time. To, she says, "I figured out the whole Moffat thing," and he's, this is when he finds out that this man was linked to Buffalo Bill. Oh, first before that, by uh-huh. the way, we found out that Miggs. Oh, uh, he died. Yeah, he killed himself. He his swallowed cell. his own tongue. Yes. Hannibal Lecter talked to him all night. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he said to him because Miggs but, is crazy already. Yeah, but th- that just adds to the whole mystery of. How crazy this guy is! Yeah, how how brilliant! How, to be able to talk to somebody overnight and make them kill themselves, you have to be brilliant. Yeah, and already not in their right mind to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're already crazy. Yeah, and you make them crazier. Somehow? <laughs> That's yeah. impressive. Uh-huh. I would say if they were crazy, is to locate and understand the crazy that, he, that they're talking about the imbalance, and then like. Then basically expose that and make it even worse. Yeah, yeah. See, this is where the TV series I think comes in uh, into play more because mm-hmm. knowing the backstory of Hannibal through the series, yes, it makes this so much more effective. Yeah, because without that, you're just like, how did it even happen? But knowing that the, the way the Mads was and the way that the series ran and how fucking brilliant Hannibal was, yeah. Totally possible, mm-hmm. absolutely possible. But in 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 just in this scope, you're like, I don't. How could that happen? Yeah, you, you seem smart, but that smart? Oh, so much smarter. Mm-hmm. Ah, got it. Watch Hannibal. Watch the, Hannibal the series. TV series. It's on Amazon. Yeah, Prime. And speaking of Amazon, Adam. Oh, if you're gonna watch uh, Hannibal, Hannibal on Amazon, go to our website first. Click on the banner. It takes you to Amazon. You do your shopping as normal. If you're going to buy the Hannibal series, which I strongly suggest. Yep. Make sure you click on our link first. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it helps support our show. We get a little yeah. kickback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, she go- so this is where we find out that that was his ex-lover. Yeah. Whose head was in the jar. And pretty much Hannibal Lecter says, I'll profile him for you, but I want to be transferred out of here. I want I want a window. I want to be able to see like a tree. <laughs> like, like yeah. that's all he wants. Yeah. He just wants he wants out. He wants to get away from Chilton. And in the show, they explain like why they hate each other. And it, if you remember in the show, Chilton doesn't he isn't he missing like all his organs? Like remember he's cut open and Hannibal took all his organs out of his body. Oh yeah. So so if that, if that takes place before sides of the labs, what, wait, that means Doctor Chilton. Is like missing a kidney or something. Well, you oh, can miss shit. a you can miss a kidney and yeah. still function. Yeah. Oh, oh, damn! I forgot about that. Yeah, they took he yeah, took like all that. his organs out. So that means Chilton got fucking wrecked by Hannibal. Oh, that's not good for continuity then. Nah, nah it's it's a different like, yeah, yeah, yeah. world. No, but no, I, I like that one better. Yeah. Also, yeah, you get all he has coming. Yeah, but did you yeah. know that you can actually function with majority of the some organs not missing already? Yep. Yeah, like lungs, liver. Yep. Kidneys. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing, that, and even intestines, I think the only thing you can't really function too much with is with the heart. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can't function without the heart. Yeah, well, some parts. I mean, like, it's your time, Lord. 
Oh yeah, two. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I know, like, you can like literally function with most of your organs missing. Uh, most to, to a certain point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not gonna be a long, healthy life. How do you think they fit into those things? <laughs> okay. Think right. Beaker actually shows up like that? Yeah. No, he has missing parts of his body. So, Buffalo Bill. Yes. It's time we talk about Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill, the character, he's based on three real-life serial killers. He's three. based on Ted Bundy, who wore a cast on his hand to lure victims into okay. his truck or van or whatever. Help me get my... Sh- Ed my Gein? Ed Gein is the second one. That was a trivia question on, uh, on Halloween when I was doing trivia. Okay. I mispronounced it. Leatherface and um, from Psycho... Norman Bates, yeah. they're both based on yeah, Ed, Ed Gein. Ed Gein was, yeah, also Psycho. That mm-hmm. was part of the trivia question. Yep. I learned that. Yay. So the concept of skinning your victim and putting it, making like a suit, what Buffalo Bill does, right. that's also an attribute of Ted Gein. And I forgot the third serial killer, but whoever the third guy was, he would keep his victims in a pit in his basement. Hmm. So Buffalo Bill is an amalgam of these three real-life serial killers. All right. By the way. That's good writing. Yes. Yes. Rip from the headlines. Mm-hmm. Now, Ted Levine. It's Buffalo Bill or Buffalo Bob? Bill. 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 Now, Ted Levine plays Buffalo Bill in this movie. Ted Levine fucking crushes this movie. He didn't get an Oscar nomination that's, for this role. That's outrageous. That is insane. Yes. What, what else was up that year that could have been better than this? Oh, I'll let you know right now. Oh, will you? Yeah. <laughs> no, because he, he was... He had he played it perfectly well. Uh, the, he, he was just the perfect amount of just like awkward but crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the whole thing about Buffalo Bill that we find out is that he 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 is not a transsexual or a transvestite, but he apparently, according to Hannibal, he thinks that he is. Uh, he's he's reject from society, so in his mind that means he needs to transition into a different uh, uh, sex, basically. So the whole point of why he's killing everybody is to take the the clothing or skin from these girls to create pretty much a a dress almost or an outfit so that he could be a full female. I have your nominees. Gary Ridgeway. I have your nominees for the okay. best supporting actor that year. Okay. So the winner was Jack Palance from City Slickers. Oh no! He went up against Michael Lerner from Barton Fink. I don't know who that is. No, ben, Sir Ben Kingsley oh. from Bugsy, Harvey Keitel from Bugsy, and Tommy Lee Jones in JFK. Interesting. I think he could have beat all of them. To be fair, I haven't seen any of those movies. <laughs> uh, you ever saw JFK? No. Like a four-hour movie about yeah. the conspiracy that's, to kill Kennedy. That's why I didn't see it. <laughs> Oh, Robert. also, I looked up the information for the killers for uh-huh. Buffalo. It was uh, Gary Ridgeway, the the Green River Killer. Okay. No, the Green River Killer was that in Seattle? All I know Seattle, is Seattle, Washington. I'm looking. I'm looking up the information. It says the Green River Killer uh, still unidentified at the time of the novel's writing. No, the novel is based on that guy because the novel's based on a on a on a professor. A psychology professor who worked with Ted Bundy and an FBI agent to find that killer. Oh. So the whole story is a is an idea from oh. that real life incident. Wow. And, and the interesting part about this is, is that Gary, supposedly the Gary Ridgeway, the Green River Killer, supposedly 
dumped his women's bodies in rivers and inserted foreign objects into their corpses. Which, Which is, is what Buffalo Bill yeah. did. Yeah. Wow. It's fascinating. Yeah, so... But, it's weird how much I love this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. It's crazy dark. But yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's macabre. Yeah. Yeah. So Buffalo Bill, he's, he's targeting... Uh, her name's Catherine. She's coming home from work or school or whatever. I think she's a college college student or just out of college right and he has a cast on his hand and he's trying to move a couch by himself into the back of his van brilliant by the way brilliant this is ted bundy right no well yeah ted bundy would do that yeah but so buffalo bill's doing this and <laughs> she offers to help and he goes oh yeah uh, i really need help why, why don't you go over the back of the van yeah, dude, we gotta, gotta get all the, i got it here but we gotta get inside the van why don't you get back in there <laughs> oh are you uh size 14 Whack. What? Wham! Knocks her out, rips her shirt open, sees that the tag is 14, oh. and he's like rubbing her back. He's like, oh. And he drives off. Right. Uh, if this was New York, figure it out, dude. Everyone in New York, they would have seen him trying to move that couch. Hey, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> the was question that because of this movie, though? Maybe? Was that before this movie would that happen? Supposedly, I mean, like, even if they saw it, they wouldn't even said anything. Right, yeah. This is before See Something, Say Something. Uh, was around. That's that's, that's a thing. Yeah, I did not know that. That's a terrorist thing. I did not know that. If you see something, say something. That's how you're supposed to stop terrorism. Oh, well, I thought that was something completely different. <laughs> so it turns out that well, that's you with the YouTube recommendations. I saw something. Hey, check this out. <laughs> so it turns out that this girl who was kidnapped, her mom is the U.S. senator from the state of Tennessee. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh wait. That's a big miscalculation. Yeah, that's a big fuck up right there. <laughs> So the senator's putting pressure on the FBI to find her daughter. So Jack Crawford sends Clarice back to Hannibal Lecter with a fucking bullshit fake deal. Which she doesn't know, by the way. Yeah. Another, this, is, this is brilliant by Crawford. He fucking sucks as a boss, dude. I would hate working for this no, guy. Yeah, no, but he's that's, that's smart as hell, though. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do, right? Yes. So the deal is, hey, if you help us find Buffalo Bill, you'll be transferred to uh, you want um, I don't know. Somebody. Yeah, some minimum security prison, <laughs> yeah. and twice a year you get to go to some island <laughs> off the coast of no, Massachusetts. Once a, day. once a day for an hour, you can walk on the beach. Uh huh. Under SWAT supervision, <laughs> of course. <Yeah. laughs> there is this one really funny thing I've just noticed. Um, there's a meme running around for Buffalo Bill. Oh, it says. He's got he's got that picture of him like over the little like uh, like a tunnel oh, yeah, hole the, that he built the right well basically yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's on the meme it says that moment at Bath and Body Works when you grab the lotion and they give you a basket. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Seems wildly insensitive, but I like. It. <laughs> so Lecter says, "All right, I'll help you, but it's quid pro quo." I want to learn uh, about you. Yes. And Jack Crawford warned her from the get-go, don't the let beginning. him get in your mind. Don't tell him anything about don't yourself. Don't tell him anything about you. And then you find out that her dad died when she was 10, and she had to go live on a farm with her aunt or uncle, someone. Yeah. And she ran away after two months because she hated it there. Yeah. And she, like, and then she shoots back to him, quid pro quo, doctor. What do yeah. you know? What's his name? Yeah. I like this little back and it's forth. Great. Of it. It's great. Because as, as much as she's... Trying to play him, he's playing her right back. Yep, to a more effective degree, obviously, because uh-huh. he's brilliant. But she she's handling her own very well for somebody that's not even FBI yet. Yes, she, yeah, it's 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 a great character. Just ah, uh, mm-hmm. study. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. 
but this conversation is secretly being recorded by our boy Dr. Chilton. Yes. It's fucking creep. Uh, he's, he's perfect at what yeah. he does. For this character, he's great. He's perfect. So what he's doing is he's recording this so that way he can make a deal <laughs> so he can be the star. Right? Isn't this what it is? Yep. He sets up his own deal with the senator to well, fly him out there? Because after after the, the, they make this quote-unquote deal, uh, she leaves to go follow up on the lead wherever she got. Uh-huh. And then he comes in like, oh, you're thinking to be on the beach? Yeah. <laughs> I checked in with the senator. That deal was fake. But now it's real. It was me. <laughs> Obviously, I made some caveats for myself. So um, yeah. you tell me. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get you all you want. So he gives him the first name. Was it like John or something? Louis. Louis. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell the rest of the senator herself mm-hmm. in, in Baltimore. Or in Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. So, so they fly him out. This is the famous, iconic shot. He's in the full... Uh, he, they got the mask on. Yeah, the, the, gar- the Garland Green mask. Yeah. Con Air. Uh-huh. Which makes sense in this movie. Yes. Not in Con Air. Not in Con Air. Makes sense here because he fucking bites people and yes. eats them. And... Uh, and they, also because anything he says is potentially well weapon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, he can still, well, he can still talk. It's just his mouth is... That, yeah. He can't bite anyone. Right. Is it so? I thought the whole point about it was also to make sure that he couldn't open his mouth too much. He could just breathe. Well, no. He, no, he, he talks yeah, to the senator. He was talking. Oh. I, I, that's Tell what I was me. wondering. Yeah. Oh, we'll get there. We're here. <laughs> so, so they fly him in and the senator's there. And he, they wheel him out. He's in a straitjacket. He's got that Hannibal Lecter mask on. By the way, in, in retrospect, I find it hard to believe that Crawford and Clarice would not know about this deal happening. <laughs> yeah. Outside of this. I mean, they, they have close dibs. Not uh-huh. dibs, but close watch on Hannibal. That's pretty much not a key witness, but an informant, a CI almost, yeah. if you will. Uh, to find out, oh, turns out, hey, he's in Memphis now. Whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they fly him out there, and he meets the senator, and Ch- Chilton's great. He goes, Senator, Dr. Hannibal Lecter. The way he gives him a little, nice little intro. Yeah. And she's like, I have a full uh, release sending you out here to Memphis. Yeah. You want to read this before I sign it? And he, he plays he plays it great. Like, I'll give you what you need to know, and I'll trust you to have my back later on. Yeah. So just being a gentleman, and here's information. Uh-huh. And he says... He says uh, his name is Louis Friend. Yeah. I don't really know him. He was recommended to me because um, uh, by a former patient, by his partner, and that he murdered someone. So he wanted me to look into it. And then the senator's aide. He's in Philadelphia, but he could have been lying, of course. Yeah. So the senator's aide is like, we need a description uh, in order for this deal to go through. And and that's is where he does the... the, the, Yeah. Tell me. Did you, uh, was it, was it, nur- was it nurse? nurse? Did yeah. you nurse Catherine? Did you nurse Catherine? Yes. What? Why? Not, not. Yeah. They say when a, uh, a patient loses his limb, he can still feel the itch. I wonder, when Catherine's on the table, what itches on you? <laughs> Do you still feel her sucking on you, yeah. mother? Yeah. And Get that's this thing <laughs> back to Baltimore. Yeah. And that's the scene where you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. But then. And the look on Chilton's face, he's like, oh, fuck. But then instantly, because he knows, Hannibal knows he has upper hand. At uh-huh. that point, he's like, yep. all right, I know I pissed you off. He's cool. fi- five foot six, yeah. blonde hair. He- Everyone turns around like, oh, all right, we're back again. We're back. We're yeah. back. A little uh, noise interruption, but uh-huh. we're fine. What do you got? What do you got? What else uh-huh. you got? Oh, he's so great. Yep. So great. And then he tells one last shot in. He goes, Senator, love the suit. Yeah. <laughs> 
That I feel like had to have been improv. Uh huh. Because that it doesn't make sense, but it, yeah. but it does in uh-huh. a weird way. Like, I, I can't I can't picture that being written. But Anthony Hopkins again. I, uh, mm-hmm. So good. <laughs> and then this is the lotion scene. Oh, it's around this part. Yeah. He was cutting back and forth. He's, yeah, he's wheeling. To, uh, Buffalo Bills has like a, a barrel and he, yeah. or a, a bucket, to, and he yeah. wheels it down. Yeah, and he dr- addresses her as it. Yeah, it puts the lotion on its skin, or it gets the hose again. Yeah, it puts lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. Ah, Mister, you're an asshole. My family has a lot of money. Yeah. They'll pay you whatever you want. It puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> Or else he gets the hose again. And she's like, please, mister, please. That's when he really yells. And, like, you could see his jaw, like, just moving, yeah. and he's oh. ready to blow up. And he goes, put the fucking lotion in the basket. Okay. So brilliant. And then she sees, is it a fingernail? Oh, it's, it's a, because oh, earlier on, uh, when we first discovered the body during the autopsy, we saw the, the hands. She tried to claw her way out of something. Oh, uh, yeah. So now, we, now we that see. comes back into now, uh-huh. where she's looking up the wall, and she sees... Like scratch, scratch marks. marks. And there's a fucking nail oh. in, yeah. in the wall. And that's when she screams, ah! And the Buffalo Bill goes, ah! Yeah. Ah! Oh, he's so great. Yeah. Oh, such a great job. Mm-hmm. So many emotions. Mm-hmm. The, the, every scene in the movie, you, you have some connection, or not not connection, but you feel what's happening. Yeah, and every everybody everybody that's acting does a great job in this. And uh, let's see. So the name Louis Friend doesn't check out. So Clarice and Jack they figure out that hey, he's he's in fucking Memphis now. Yeah. So she flies out there. And she figures out that Louis Friend is an anagram for iron sulfide, which is fool's gold. Again, I don't, I don't know how the fuck she thought of that. She, she did. Crawford is not a part of that. I know, I know, but I'm yeah. saying like, again, the 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 look into yourself, your self storage. Yeah. yeah. Iron sulfide's fool's gold from Louis Friend. Who's that one guy that the South Park did a joke on where he just got these random like ideas put together from random like things, and he just comes up with an entire like story behind it. I think that was a Jeff Goldblum. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. So at this point, Clarice figures out the deal was fake. Uh-huh. Is pissed at Crawford. Uh, and now she goes on her own volition to go see Hannibal, uh, which is in Memphis now, mm-hmm. in this in this elaborate... What, what, do you know what this building is? Do we know what it is? It's a courthouse. Okay. So he's like on the, on the fifth floor of a courthouse. Uh-huh. In a cage in the middle of a giant open room. And Random. the fucking guards, I feel bad for that guard who's like, all right, Mr. Lecter, now now if you play good, I'll play good. Yeah. Uh, his name's Charles Napier. Dude, he, I feel so fucking bad for him when he dies. He was so, like, nice. Yeah, he was they, so nice. They're to both him. nice. Both the guards were so good people. This guy, Hannibal Lecter, is like the fucking sickest killer we know, right? So we yeah. got to keep him in a plastic bubble. Yeah. I will just throw him in a cage. We'll give him two guards who. So what? I, the way he escapes later, yeah. It seems like those guards were just like, ah, Sable, Sable, just another criminal. Yeah. Why weren't there ten men in that room at all times? True. Very so true. my one gripe with this movie: but someone that, someone that, like, well known of a killer. Yes. You got to have like ten guys in there at all times. Right. That's my only gripe with the movie. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But at the same time, he's, he's in a cage in the middle of a giant room. There's, there's, there's yeah. not there's not much you can do at that point. Yeah, except he did talk to a guy over one night and kill him and make him kill himself. Yeah, but also, even if there were two guards, 
one in the cage, one out of the cage. Yeah. What? Why would you have anyone in the cage? Actually, yeah, I wouldn't want to be in that cage. Yeah, no, defeat him. You gotta give him. The- yeah, no, you no, don't. You, you can- no, no. What? You're, no, you're right, Maestro. There should be a little slot. Here's a tray. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> That's how they do it in, consult- in solitary. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this should be worse than solitary. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he made a deal. This should be maximum solitary. No, he can't. He made a deal. Yeah, no, yeah. but she also said, fuck you to the deal. <laughs> Take this guy back to Baltimore. Yeah, but then he gave the info that he needed. Yeah. Uh, not the, but the, the thing about it is, is he easily didn't have to jump in there. All he had to do was simply push the tray in. He didn't have to actually walk in there. Yeah. And he doesn't have to do that. He can do it with a stick. Or not just any stick. A plastic stick. Or maybe even <laughs> a wimpy, wimpy reed, even if he wanted to. Reed. Yes. Or reed. maybe... Reed he, would be the best. Yeah, even so. A piece of thread. Just to, like, push... to pull through where it can... A pulley system? Yeah, a pulley system with a piece of string that's no lighter than, like, the, the clothing that he already has. So he can't do anything with it. So simple. Yeah. Well, from, from what I know about... Oh, wait. Is Memphis now? Not Baltimore? Yeah, they're in Memphis now. Damn it. Well, the Baltimore PD has a very limited budget, yeah. From what I've seen from uh, from the wire, uh-huh. so they can't afford all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they got a new mayor in Littlefinger. Yeah, <laughs> and he finds out that well, he had to make a I'm choice. I'm confused. Do the schools get the money or the the PD? Mm. He went with the PD. The acting lessons. So she flies <laughs> to Memphis to see Hannibal Lecter, and he pretty much tells her, "Ah, eh, it's all bullshit." All the info you need is in the case file. I'm not going to give you his real name. You well, have to do your own homework. I have a question here. Yeah. When she walks in uh, and, and he's grilling her like, so that whole thing on the beach, was that your idea? And she says, yes. And his reaction was like, ah, yes. <laughs> do you think that he believed that it was her idea or he saw that you're lying and therefore you're still a good person? I think that. Yeah? He saw that she was lying. Okay. That's what I thought too. Yeah, but it, was, it, it seemed kind of vague. Just like, because ah. at, at the time I was like, "Oh yeah, oh I'm going to get you." Mm-hmm. But yeah, but as smart as he is, I think he saw that she wasn't lying. So he knows it wasn't your idea. Now I'm going to help you out a little bit. Yeah, back to the quid pro quo. Yes. So pretty much the lambs. Yeah, we learned her whole backstory. I just I want to move this up because this yeah. escape scene is great, dude. I oh. really want to talk about this oh escape scene. Oh, my God. Scene. Right. So, uh, quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. Uh, Everything you, you need to know is in the file. I'm not going to tell you his real name. Yeah. Why'd you, why'd you run away from the whole, whole thing? So, as, as she's finding out more information about the case, he's finding out more information about her. Mm-hmm. Why she ran away from the farm is because she heard a lamb crying. Mm-hmm. She tried to save it. The lamb didn't want to escape. Carried one away. Uh, eventually got caught. Couldn't save the lamb. But she still hears the lamb screaming, mm-hmm. basically, is what's happening here. Um, interesting. This the when they designed the cage for the movie, the cell bars are wider than the standard uh, length of normal cell bars. Okay, because normal cell bars are probably like this, like maybe three inches apart. They made it like eight inches apart, so that way you can see the oh, faces, for the, for the camera angles. Yeah, for the camera angles, okay. so you can see their faces that through the sense. through the. Yeah, I never knew that. I thought that was cool. Yeah. All right, let's talk about this escape scene. So this is the last time they interact with each other face to face. Yeah. And they kind of say their goodbyes. He hands her back the case file. And he says, yeah. everything you need is in there. Yes. This escape scene. we got to talk about it. Uh, Where did he get the, the clip from? Was it from the file? It was or? from the pen. The pen. This happened oh, earlier on. Dr. Chilton couldn't find his pen. Yes. 
That's right. During the whole trying to sign the thing. During the transfer. Where's my pen? Oh, just use mine. Some other random guy. Yeah. Because I got it. <laughs> How did he get it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but he got it. Yeah. Doesn't matter. He got it. So, so Lecter asked for a second dinner, which should be a giveaway right there. Yes. Pork chops, extra rare. Yeah, lamb chops. Lamb chops, Because of extra the lambs, rare. the whole thing with the yeah. curries. Mm-hmm. So he's in the bathroom, and he goes, just one second, because they set up like a little screen for him. Yes, privacy. And he, not animals. And he pulls out of his mouth the, the, the metal part of the pin that if you put it in your pocket, that's what lets it hang. Yes. And he keeps it in his hand, and they're like, all right, doctor, put, you know, put your hand yeah, you know uh, the against the cell. So he has it tight in his hand. They lock him up. And they're going to put his tray down, and he goes, oh, do, do mind my mind, photos. Mind the pictures. Mind my pictures. Yeah. So they, they roll it up, and I realize he's buying more time to get free. Yeah. Oh, so brilliant. So Charles Napier, the, the nice guy, he bends down, <laughs> and Lecter just fucking cuffs him. And what's great, it's that opera music in the background. As soon as he gets cuffed, yes. it gets that thriller, like, dun-dun-dun-dun, like that. Yeah. The sound it, it starts picking him. up. Yes. And he goes, oh, no! Yeah. Oh, he's yes. free. He's the guy. guy oh, hey, other guy. Whatever. Uh-huh. But and, he, and he bites his fucking nose. He bites into his nose and yep. he smashes his head against a cell. And then he gets that guy's nightstick and he fucking beats the shit out of him all while the opera music is playing. Yes. And again, his heart rate is calm. I, I love the these kind of things. splattering everywhere. It's like, great. This is all in Face Off, too. The same, same kind of thing where it's a very dramatic, violent scene happening to very subtle music. Mm-hmm. When in, in, in Face Off, it was the whole Somewhere Over the Rainbow yes. giant gunfight. This one, it's opera music or, or it's classical music as he's being the fuck out of somebody with a nightclub, with a nightstick. But what, what I liked about this scene, uh, as he's hitting him, he, his eyes shut for a second mm-hmm. as he's making contact in order to not get blood in his eyes. That's, that's the way I see ah, it. I didn't think of that. It was, just, it, was, it was just perfectly like, yeah, that's so realistic. It's crazy realistic. It's logical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... He's just he's he seems calm but angry in the, in the same weird kind of way, and then he looks around, fumbles through uh, I guess Napier's thing, finds a knife, ready when you are, mm-hmm. still calm, uh-huh. walks out, brilliant. Uh-huh. And at this point, we leave, and you're rooting for him the whole time. Like it's weird. Like it, it, right? you, Why? you want Why? him to escape, Why but he's like a psychopath. <laughs> so I, I guess it's the same reason why when I watch like. Friday the 13th part 7 okay. I want like Jason to like okay. fucking See, machete for, through someone's head for me it's more it's of a seven times he's got to win sometimes it's more of a Walter White thing for me oh okay where I mean the anti-hero yeah uh, I mean Jason or what is it Jason Voorhees yeah, yeah he, he's obviously the bad guy yeah and, and this guy I mean he's the bad guy but eh, he's misunderstood <laughs> yeah. just because he's a bad I mean, guy yeah he's brilliant so I mean I, I tend to side with smart people more than I do with dumb uh-huh. people. So in this case, nah, he's my guy. So the cops downstairs, they hear gunfire. Yeah. What's brilliant about this is, is they cut away from the scene. Uh-huh. They, ready when you are, doctor or uh, officer, whatever. Lieutenant. Yeah. Walks in that direction. Cut back to the floor scene. Where now, they're all on the first floor. Now they're all freaking out. And they're like, who went up to the fifth floor? You and then your gunshots. Oh. And then the elevator's coming down. And then it goes back up, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. And they're like, oh, set, up, they're like set up a 10-block radius. We need every hen house, outhouse, doghouse <laughs> in this area. <laughs> so they're like, set up a 10-block perimeter. Yeah. I need SWAT. I need everyone down here right now. So they they go up there, and Napier 
is this is the Hannibal TV show kill right here. This is the yes. kill shot. It's, He's it's beautifully like gruesome. crucified in the corner with his arms spread in the corner. His insides yep. cut open like he's like completely flayed yeah and the other guard is on the floor with his face all fucked up like his face is all cut up with lacerations as you'd imagine as Hannibal Lecter walks up to you with a knife yes <laughs> so he's all cut up and then the guy's like talk to him son I think he's still alive yeah so the young rookie yeah, still like, got a pulse the wrong rookie's like oh he's still got a pulse okay so he's talking to him so they call for the for the paramedics to come up and they're like, oh, he's got a heart rate of this, this. And then he starts convulsing. So they put him on the gurney, put him in the elevator. Elevator's going down. There's blood dripping from the roof of the elevator. And they all look up. And there's a puddle of blood forming. God damn, this they, is brilliant. They get to the first floor. And that lieutenant, he's like, yeah, Sarge, I'm pretty sure he's on the second floor. They wheel him out. Also smart. Also smart. Smart. Gets in the ambulance. Guard goes off. And then... I love as soon as they get to the first floor, every fucking cop in the city is on the first floor with yeah. guns drawn. And they go, all right, we're going to uh, send someone up on the second floor. And they see Lecter in his white garb face down. Yeah. And they go, all right, send a warning shot. So they shoot him in the leg. Not moving. Doesn't move at all. They go, all right, we're going to open the thing. They open the thing. His body shoots down. And then it cuts to the ambulance. And it's the ambulance going through, and the guy's calling in, a oh, 15-year-old male, uh, facial lacerations. The fucking guy sits up, takes off a face mask, and it's Lecter. Yeah. And then we find out later that he killed yeah. the driver and the guy and a civilian, and he took their clothes. Yeah. So Lecter escaped. Yeah. Fucking, this is amazing. It's brilliant. The first time I saw it, I was like, <gasps> I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. I, I wish I could have seen it again for the first time this time. Yeah. Because I knew what was happening. I was just like, ah. But... The first time I saw it, mind blown. Yes. Ex- I exploded. I saw it again because I watched it with you guys again. He didn't just cut off his face. He cut off the entire and top like of our scalp. Like yeah. hair. Yeah. Continuously yeah. through the whole thing. Yeah. Well, what he did was he took his face off. 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 Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I mean, like, he not just the face. I mean, all the way past his ears so they could actually match no, the no, hairline. The hair was still there. The hair was still there. No, the hair was not because when you took, if you look closely, when he pulls the face off of his, the uh, his face, the hair is there's hair that falls oh, off. There? Yeah. Mm. Oh, I have to watch it again. But that's so great. the The face Lecter has when he pulls that face off, he's like, <sighs> yeah, he's exhilarated. Yeah, and he's so clean cut. I mean, his hair is all back. It's like kind of, uh, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Uh huh. Th- this cannot be done again, in this way. Yeah. Well, actually, it did. Kind of. When? Face off. Get it? <laughs> oh, boy. So Clarice is told that Buffalo Bill escaped, and she's like, oh, well, I, he won't come after me. Yeah, no, the, uh, Hannibal escaped. Oh, yeah, that's sorry. Yeah. Hannibal Lecter escaped. Clarice is told that he escaped, and she said he won't come after me. I know him. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he, like, respects her. He, he would, uh, he would uh, count that as rude. Yes. Or in bad form or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he's very proper. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. What so else she, do we have besides her civility? Yeah. So she's looking into the case file, and she realize, she pretty much realizes that the f- she has to go back to the first victim. Well, it's not, it's not even her, though. It's, it's the, oh, it's the other friend. Yeah, it's the, uh, I think it's Bob The other chick. trainee, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, why are these so random? Well, except for this first girl, it's not random at all. Yeah. Oh. And then what Hannibal says at the beginning comes back in. Uh, how do we covet? We covet what we see every day. Mm-hmm. So it must be a neighbor. 
So let's go back to that first. Or victim. someone close to them. Yeah. Yeah. And in my book, my serial killer book, Robert Resser says the first victim is someone that the the killer knows or has a relationship or someone follows. Right. Once that first killer, once that first victim is taken care of, they gain the taste for blood. Right. So they start becoming a little more randomized. Like they'll pick up a random civilian. Yeah. They'll pick them off and then they'll spread out more and more and more. And now the kills aren't as brutal as the first kill because the first kill, according to the book, the first kill is the most violent kill because because it comes out of nowhere. And now, oh, I got away with that kill. I'm going to plan it a little better. So now the second crime scene is a little more cleaned up and the third. So if you don't catch them by the fourth killer, it's going to be hard to find them. That's, That's what Robert Ressler wrote in the book. So if you want to get away with it, you have to pick somebody randomly first. Yes. And do it not so gruesome and get more gruesome over time. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's one not way. Not necessarily. When right. you become more gruesome, you have a chance to create more faults, too. Well, let me write this down. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, um... <laughs> so she goes, starts interviewing people from that she knows, uh, that the first victim knew. Right. And then they go to her house, right? And her dad lets her up into the into her room, her old room. Yeah. Well, there's a music box there that's uh-huh. kind of um, I don't know how she figures that one out either. Again, dude, she's like Batman. She yeah. fucking figures all this <laughs> shit out. And she finds pictures of her in like her bra and underwear. And this this is the this this is the was she that great big fat person? This is her, right? Yes. <laughs> she's not fucking this, big yeah. or, She's a little thick. Yeah, but but not not like six hundred pounds. Right. I can't leave my house. Big. Right. This is not a, a reality show on yes. on uh, what is it? Uh, Terrible life choices. Mm-hmm. Also known as TLC. Uh, oh. The, <laughs> hey, I got hey, that. I hey. got that. I got that from Gina Grad, by the way. That was Who? Uh, Gina Grad. Who? She was. Um, used to be on the Pretty Good Podcast. She's be on Tim Conway and Corolla. She's she's, she's smart. Yeah. So she figures out that. Uh, making a suit of skin of his victims. Yep. And then he calls Jack saying, hey, I figured it out. And he goes, sorry, Clarice, we're on route. Yeah. We're en route to Illinois. Uh, excuse me, female, we got to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, why don't you just take a powder? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been fucking you all movie. I've been screwing you over all movie. So, yeah, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the reins on this one. Yeah. Chief. Right. Because he crossed. Sweetheart, sweetheart. Yeah. We got it. Because he crossed. <laughs> what did he say? He cross-referenced like what Lecter said with like notes from the hospital or something. Right. So they're going to a house in Illinois that they think he he was. They figure out that his name is Jane Gum. Jane Gum. Right. When I was a kid, I always thought his name was Jane, like a female. But it's James without an S. Jane Gum. Yeah, Jane, like the uh, the guy that played Punisher. Oh, Thomas Jane. Well, that's the last name. Oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so she winds up at the house uh, be, uh, because she's in, interviewing, like, her old friends or people she used to work with. Yeah. And they somehow led to this house. Because her hunch, it's it's local to where the first girl was. Which is what Robert Ressler says. He says the first victim, it's usually within a three-mile radius of where where the killer lives. Right. That's a great book, dude. So she's camps... I got to find the audio version. I got to write that down, too. I'll tell you the title after. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you the title after. So she goes to his house. Here it is. There's the fucking seaweed... We're doing all day. Yes. He opens the door and he looks guilty as fuck. He's like, "What? what yes, officer. What? What, what right. is it?" He, he has a look of, of somebody that uh, the parent just walked in while they were masturbating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, no, it's totally. Whatever's happening, nothing's happening. What do you mean? What do you what? Because <laughs> when Jack Crawford and his team kick the door open, it's an empty house, and he yeah. goes, "Clarice." 
And that's where she knocks on the door, and it's Buffalo Bill who yeah. answers. He's like, what's the problem, officer? She goes, did you know um, uh, so-and-so Whitman? And he goes, no. No, I don't. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Was she that great big fat person? <laughs> and, and like, yes. you can tell Jodie Foster, like, she just looks up in the air like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. She's like, yep, sir, she was a big girl. Well, she deals with this kind of misogyny all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, fine. She was a big girl. She says, what's your name? And he looks down. He's all fidgety. Oh, uh, uh, Jack Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> well, my name is a uh, 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 window doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, well, yeah, I, I, I used to know someone who might know her. Um, I, I have their business card in my house. You want to come in? Why the fuck is he letting her in? Too far. Too far. Just say no. I don't know who that is. Thank you, officer. Yeah. Sorry, I don't. I don't understand. I don't watch the news. I don't have a TV. I'm yeah. Sorry. What? What? That, I'm a hipster. I like. Uh, what's her name? Nano Bruce mm-hmm. from Stranger Things. What's her? Oh, uh, what is her name? Damn it, Mar Barb Barb. Bev? I like Barb. Barb. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a hipster. I'm, I only like Barb. I apologize. Mm-hmm. This is the door. <laughs> so. So he has a gun in his kitchen, but the where all his uh, business cards are, it's in the dining room, in the next room. Yeah. So she's looking around, looking around, looking around, looking up, asking a bunch of questions. He's like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah oh, oh, I got a card right here. Oh, here's a moth. Or a butterfly. Yeah, whatever. there's a butterfly. And her, her brain just like... Uh-huh. Yep. And he notices it, though. He, he, he figures it out. Yeah. Which, good on him for having that foresight. Uh-huh. Not the foresight to not they're in the apartment or whatever, but yeah. I guess if you don't let them in, they'll just come back and force with a warrant. No, not if you play it right. Well, the, do you think he actually played it right from the beginning? No, he didn't. No, <laughs> <laughs> he was guilty as fuck. Just opening the door, yeah. like, oh yes, officer. Uh, I need sugar and water. Men <laughs> <laughs> in black. Yeah. Or yeah, he's great, by the way. Vincent D'Onofrio? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's coming back for the third season of Daredevil, I read. Uh, he's a great kickman. Yeah. Much better than um, uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Yes. Didn't, didn't God rest his soul. Oh, mm-hmm. real. <laughs> so she sees the butterfly. She's like, freeze! And he like drops the business cards like, yeah. oh, oh, gotta go, boy! <laughs> and he just fucking runs downstairs. <laughs> so she... Okay. I know she's a rookie. Do you think maybe she should have called it in? Oh yeah. She, well, they, but she tried calling it in. No, she she bluffed. She she did the thing that the doctor did in the um, okay in the eleventh hour, the first season of uh, Matt Smith. Uh, the cops are coming. Are they? No, but damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. She so she finds the well that Catherine's in. She's like, hey, let me out of here. And she fucking this Clarice trick. is like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go find him. And she goes, come back here, you fucking bitch. Yeah. I was like, why are you antagonizing yeah. the person trying to rescue you? Don't leave you? me alone. I'm gonna save you. No, save me. You gotta be quiet. No. <laughs> I heard there I was. Cannot be silenced. I heard there was a theory behind that. Not really a theory, but it also deals with drowning victims. Um, when they're tr- when they're trying to drown, not not drown, they will use any mean shape way or form to stop themselves from not breathing uh what from from stop themselves from not breathing so basically oh yeah right yeah that was the mythbusters thing too where if you're trying to escape from a car that's underwater uh the best way to do it is to sit there calmly until the water fills up the entire cabin and then open the door 
Because the more you struggle, the more oxygen you're using and mm-hmm. losing. So you can't breathe anymore. So if you just sit there calmly, all right, underwater completely, <laughs> open the door, easily escape. The only thing about that is if the lower you go, the longer it takes. Yeah. So, But then again, if you're that close to the, 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 side, the side of the road or wherever the car came from, it shouldn't be too difficult, right? You think. Unless, of course, you're going off a bridge and then you're screwed, right? Yeah, but if you're going off a bridge, I think you're trying to kill yourself and you're not trying to survive. Or you or accidentally fell off the bridge, right? Eh. Either way, I mean, like the, the the impacts probably would have killed you anyways, right? Mm. Okay, where's the it's settled? Good, all right, all right. All right, yeah. So Buffalo Bill turns the lights off in the basement, and he puts on his night goggles. So clear, this is a great scene, which, which he's had from the beginning. Yeah, because that's how you saw Catherine yes. coming home. Lights are off in the basement. Turns the night goggles on. This is a great scene. She doesn't know. So Jody much Fox, She doesn't know where she's going. Yes. She has her hands out like this. She did a great trying job. Trying to feel where the walls are. And this was shot beautifully. Yeah. And he's like following her. He's like. At one point. Wants to put his hand on, on yes. her head. And That's he kind of pulls creepy. back. Yeah. Like he pulls oh. his hand back. Oh, the suspense. Yes. It's great. But he fucks up. Because yeah. he has a gun out. And he cocks the gun. And she hears it. So she turns around and ba 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 Fills him with lead. Yeah. Killing Buffalo Bill. Rest way, in peace. The, the cocking of the gun is something that you want to do if you're in a sharp shooting situation. Uh-huh. Uh Because the all that does is it makes the trigger pull faster. Because when you pull the trigger, it cocks the gun for you automatically. Mm-hmm. But in this case, if you cock it first, you, you, just, you just make yourself aware of where you are, mm-hmm. which is why he died. Yep. But he's not a a trained shooter, obviously. No. He's a trained lotioner. <laughs> so then Clarice graduates from the FBI. She's an official agent. Yep. And she gets a phone call from Lecter, who's wearing like some fucking wig and like a Quebec, uh, like Cuban yep. hat. Yep. And he's, he's calling from some like tropical island. And he's telling her, This is beautiful. I don't plan on coming after you. Like, yeah. It would, don't worry. I hope the, the whole thing is like, well, Clarice, have the, uh, have the lamb stop screaming, basically. Uh-huh. Which is where the title comes from. Yes. Which, which is a, a weird title based on the whole movie, uh-huh. but still kind of powerful. Another thing of trivia I learned oh. that I, could, I couldn't use, when Anthony Hopkins first got the script, just from the title, he thought it was going to be a kid's movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So he he's about to hang up, and then he sees Doctor Chilton, who, who I guess is on vacation. Yeah. Sorry, Clarice, I can't chat. I'm having an old friend for dinner. <laughs> so great, beautiful. She's like Doctor Lecter, Doctor Lecter, Doctor Lecter. Too late. Mm-hmm. And, then he, <laughs> and then he starts following Chilton in the crowd, and then the credits start rolling. Yeah, and that's your best picture winner, 1991. Oh, I don't man. think we ever. I think we've never done a best picture winner. No, it's it's brilliant. Love this movie. So good. Closing thoughts. There's nothing negative to say about this movie. I love this movie, except for the whole... uh, Two guards. My one gripe thing about you should have ten guards in there and a robot and like a fucking (laughs) android in there at all times. But other than that, yeah, it's great. No, it was well done. It it, it was a slow burn. Uh It it was kind of a slow movie, but like you were saying at the beginning, every scene has impact. There's no fat. Every scene progresses... You need every scene to move the story forward yeah. for it to make sense. Oh, man. So I love this movie. 
It's great. I've always loved this movie. Great choice. This movie's great. Thank you. Uh, I, I after I watched this a few nights ago, I started rewatching a few episodes of Hannibal just yeah. out of order. Okay. Like I picked like one from season one, two from season two, one from season three, and I was just I fucking love it. It's it's a great series, and the show's very like pretty, like it's very like beautiful, oh, yes. like the like the oh. the way they shot it, it was pretty, and just the, the way the food looks, Every, oh. everything, everything about it's it's appealing. Yes, it, it's it's great, like supplemental uh, content uh-huh. to this kind of because it, it doesn't veer too off from this world, aside from the whole thing that uh, Chilton's yeah. missing yeah. things, <laughs> uh, but aside from that, it's just it, it fits in well. Uh huh. If you can just replace Hopkins with. Mads, it's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like it's poetic in a, in a weird, crazy way. As, yeah. as gruesome as it is, damn it, it's just it's beautiful imagery, storyline, characters. I, I like, I love it. I love it, Norton. I love him mm-hmm. to death. But he's not a good Will Graham. No, not good Wolverine. Will Graham. Will Graham. Oh, yeah. But I was about to say, I'm like, Ray Fines. Is a great Francis Dollar. Absolutely, ride. absolutely. Do you see? Oh yeah, changing. Do you see? Ah, oh, so many chills. Yeah, Maestro, what are your closing thoughts on Science of the Lambs before we close this out? Well, I mean, there's not much I can say. It's like you guys. I mean, you enjoyed this thoroughly. I was actually just waiting for myself to give a point across, and you guys covered everything. Really, I mean, all I could say was that um, I really didn't like his wig. That's it. <laughs> That's all. I mean, like everything else was creepy good. I mean, I've seen Anthony Hopkins play a bunch of movies in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is probably his creepiest, next to the right, probably. There was one he did with um, the Pretty Boy from The Nice Guys, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Oh, Fracture. That was That's good. a good one. That was a real good one too. Mm-hmm. Oh man, he's great. Yeah, he's great. Right. Now tell me. Where are all these tidbits of information you want to tell us that we couldn't hear oh, earlier? The trivia. This is all okay. waiting for, really. This is a great movie. I want to know what you guys were saying that <sighs> was hidden or something like that, because there's possibly tons of them. Well, that was our opinion of the movie. But like I said, at the top of the show, we have lots of them, but zero credentials. Now we're going to hear from people who actually have credentials, critics. Do you want to hear good reviews or bad reviews? There are actually bad reviews for this movie. Oh, what? Got- all right, let's hear those. Get them out of the way? Yeah. I am shocked already. So we can uh, <clears throat> associate them from reality. Um... Dave Kerr of the Chicago Tribune says, It's a gnarled, brutal, highly manipulative film that at its center seems morally indefensible. What? That's an opinion. That's not even that's not a review. Indefensible. Well, it's a snippet from a review. No, he's wrong. And Gene Siskel, as in Siskel and Ebert, oh, no. he trashed this movie. Oh, no. He said, Foster's character, who is appealing, is dwarfed by the monsters she is after. I'd rather see her work on another case. Mm. Why if, are we focusing if, on Julie Foster? If, if, if you go to YouTube and you type in the Science of the Lambs review, it's Ebert just going at Siskel like, well, what do you mean you don't like that? This movie's amazing. Like, yeah. like they go at it. It's great. I, I guess if you had to choose a character that was the least, it would be Foster. But she's the lead. Yeah, no, That's but but next to Hopkins, oh. dwarfed. Yeah, for sure. I, I'd rather see another detective than her doing somebody else. I mean, honestly, the, Jodie Foster could have been replaced with another woman. And no, I don't. No, no, no. I don't think you can. Like the like the Michelle Pfeiffer thing, I don't think it no. would have played the same with no. like she was their first pick. Yeah. No, I don't like, mean like Michelle. Like yeah, Jodie Foster's. She's good in this role. 
Yeah, nothing comes to mind. Who could do that? All right, here's the good reviews. All right. Jonathan Demme has created a supremely sensuous and hypnotic thriller, one that's likely to become his first major hit, Owen Gleiberman of Entertain Weekly. Okay. Todd McCarthy of Variety says, The juiciest part is Hopkins, and he makes the most of it. Helped by some highly dramatic lighting, actor, the actor makes the role... The, the juiciest part is Hopkins, and he makes the most of it. Helped by some highly dramatic lighting, actor makes the role the personification of brilliant hypnotic evil, and the screen jolts with electricity whenever he's on. Yes. And finally, Sheila Benson of the LA Times says, Hopkins' performance may be the film's bravura showpiece, but Foster goes the whole distance. Steadfast, controlled, heartbreakingly insightful, a fine addition to her gallery of characterizations. Can't talk. (laughs) Now it's time for the Rotten Tomatoes game. This is part of the show where I make the guys guess the score of the movie based on his Rotten Tomatoes score. For those of you unfamiliar with the scoring system, it's an average score from 0 to 100 amongst critics and the audience. 0 to 59 is rotten, 60 to 84 is fresh, and 85 and up is certified fresh. What would you like to guess first, the critics or the audience? Uh, let's do the critics first. Okay. Oh, a whole Cisco thing is going to throw me off. So how high do we go? Yeah, well, the, 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 Cisco, the Cisco thing but is... That was- he was the only real major critic to... Yeah, to but, yeah, but he's a major one, though. Yeah. So how many people share his opinion? But this one won Best Picture. Don't forget Siskel and Ebert. Best this. actor, best director, best actress. Yeah, oh, he guess. won all that all stuff. Right. And not to mention, with uh, with the way uh, Siskel was it, right? Gene Siskel. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. the one that was opposing it, right? Yeah. The, Ebert was opposing him. Yeah. And they were and they're both yeah. just as credible. Okay. Just one's just bigger than the oh, other. Man. So how high are we going? Yeah. It's... Uh, I'll do 94. Okay. Maestro? I'm going 100. 95%. Oh, you can't do 100. That's that's crazy. I know, but I, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do 95, and then obviously I should have. Yeah. And now the audience score? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be as high because over time... Uh, hipsters and things. I'm gonna bring it down. I'll say uh, I'll say ninety one. Okay, Maestro. Uh, ninety five. It's ninety five percent. So they're the same score. Wow, that's rare. Now, before we get to the Giamatti section, oh shit! The one thing I noticed about Science of the Lambs, this yep. movie, obviously, it holds up. Yes, but aside from the whole cell phone thing. Of of not being a cell phone, that you could pretty much t- it could take place. It's like timeless. Yeah, because there's not a lot of cell phone usage. In yeah, this. like what I mean is like you can put that in any time. Yeah, and it, the story still works. Yes. Okay. Paul Giamatti wasn't in this. He's been in all the movies we. He's been in a lot of the movies we've been watching. And since we all love him, we decided to ask what role would Giamatti have had in this movie. So you can't take Anthony Heald out as Chilton because he crushes yeah. that role. Yeah, he's great. He's obviously not going to be Lecter. No. Maybe one of the guards? It'd be the guard, or I I could even take out Crawford. Okay. Crawford, Mm. Crawford, and maybe that's just because of uh, uh, Larry Fishburne. Larry Larry Fishburne, yeah. (laughs) The show? Yeah, I could take Crawford out. But the the main guard, the one that got handcuffed. Yeah, he's good. You can take him out. He's, Uh, He's, like, good in that role. Yeah, I'll take Crawford out. Okay, man, that's a tough one. Yeah. Hmm. If there was a person like the, you know, the father, wasn't the father the for the miss first missing daughter? 
No, there's the father of Clarice. So you see a flash. Oh no, the the dad of the Jew gripping frat person. Oh, was he? Was he? In there? Yeah, he let Clarice into her room, saying oh, we yeah, haven't yeah, yeah. we haven't touched anything. Yeah, that's like a three second scene. Yeah. Hey, and put him in there somewhere. All right. Now it's time for trivia. This is part of the show where we give out little bits of facts or info you may not know about the movie. Okay. Found four things that I think you guys will like. Okay. In preparation for his role, Sir Anthony Hopkins studied files of serial killers. Also, he visited prisons and studied convicted murderers and was present during court hearings concerning gruesome murders and serial killings. Wow, very nice. One of the inspirations from which Sir Anthony Hopkins borrowed for his imp- interpretation of Hannibal Lecter was a friend of his in London who never blinked, which unnerved everyone around him. <laughs> yeah. That's creepy. James Gum's dance was not included in the original draft of the screenplay, although it appears in the novel. It was added at the insistence of Ted Levine, who thought the scene was essential in defining his character. Hmm. That was a good scene. So he straight up said, hey, I, I think I want to tug my dick back. And <laughs> the no. director's like, sure. Yeah, no, it was, it was very effective. Uh, Definitely effective. And finally... When characters are talking directly to Clarice Starling, they often talk directly to the camera. When she is talking to them, she is always looking slightly off camera. Jonathan Demme has explained that this was done so as the audience would directly experience her point of view, but not theirs. Hence, encouraging the audience to more readily identify with her. Wow. That's pretty smart. That is is methodical. Yeah. And finally, Money Makes the World Go Round. We want to put this film into perspective with other films that were released this year so we get to feel financially how well this film held up to its peers. The budget for this movie, $19 million to make Silence of the Lambs. How much do you think this grossed for its total worldwide gross? Oh, a little late. There was one scene Uh that bumped me a little bit. It's only because I've been doing a lot of um, uh, sewing recently. For my uh, sewing, d- sewing, okay. My John Snow costume that I did for. Oh, okay. was it the skin suit? Yes. That. J- 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 okay. Th- there was a scene where he is pretty much he has a piece of skin on the sewing machine, mm-hmm. and it's, it's not attached to anything, but he's still sewing it. Like he's not sewing it to something. He's just like oh, he's just putting. He's just adding a seam to the skin. <laughs> I was like, what? What are you? What is that? What is the point of this? What are you doing? I forgot that that bothered me. Okay, until just now. <laughs> so it's a uh, nineteen million dollars. <laughs> How much do you think it grossed? Ah, uh, I, I, I can't. Well, ninety five is all around. So it had to have been good at the time. What was the number again? Nineteen. Nineteen million. 19? That was its budget. I'm gonna go eighty. Okay. Ooh, I'm, is it ninety one? Nineteen ninety one, yeah. One ten. So tickets were all, like only like I'll, I'll, I'll go one ten, like five no, bucks or whatever. I'll, with, uh, I'll go 90, 90, okay. 90. 150. In the U.S., this grossed one hundred thirty point seven million. Overseas, it grossed one hundred forty two million, bringing its total worldwide gross to two hundred seventy two point seven million dollars. That's right. I, I I didn't I forgot to take into account all the sequels and everything that came after this. And the TV series, for Christ's sake. God. Not to mention the books. Well, the books, well, books are, are first. first. Yeah. I know. That, that brings in... Yeah. Uh, this film debuted in first place on the weekend of February 15th, 1991, with yeah. $13.7 million. Also debuting that week, at number eight, was Nothing But Trouble. <laughs> Eighth? Yeah. That's right. I remember being upset by that. 
According to Box Office Mojo, this film is the second highest grossing film in the category thriller slash serial killer. Second. Number one is Hannibal, the sequel oh, to this. Okay. Good. Number three is Basic Instinct. Number four is Seven. And number five is Red Dragon. Basic Instinct? Mm-hmm. That's kind of high for not so much serial killer It's thriller. Yeah. I guess she's tec- she's technically a serial killer. I, yeah. If she's I, tying she them up. And, three lives, I guess, or three different yeah. aliases. Yeah. And finally, Science of the, the Science of the Lambs was the fourth highest grossing film of 1991. All right. Number one was Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Oh, that's hard to beat. Yep. Not being that. Yeah. That's 1991's The Silence of the Lambs, directed by Jonathan Demi. Check out our website, ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoilers Show. Check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email at spoilers at ratpackpodcast.com for any questions, opinions, and movie requests. Please rate and review the show on iTunes so it can help us in the rankings. If you leave us a review on iTunes and leave us a recommendation for a movie you want us to watch, that movie will go to the top of our list and we will watch it for any other requests. Next week, we conclude our 2017 Thankful series with Adam's pick. Yeah, man. And your pick, Adam, is? Uh, this is a, a movie that I didn't appreciate as much until later in life. It was when I first saw it, I thought it was just funny. It wasn't until later that I started uh, watching the uh, the Star Trek series, uh-huh. uh, uh, TOS, the original series, mm. in which this started becoming much more uh, humorous. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it stars uh, one Alan Rickman, uh, which we know as uh, Hans Gruber. Which you know as Snape. It, it, it also has the Santa Claus, Chris Kringle. <laughs> ho, ho, she show. Tim <laughs> Allen. Tim Allen. It is Galaxy Quest. Oh, also Dwight Schrute's in there. And Ellen Ripley. Ellen, yes, that's right. Ripley. Yep. And Monk. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot, of, a lot of real fun things. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Galaxy Quest, is, it's, it's great. It's fun. Entertaining. There's, there's, I, I, I like watching every now and then just because it, mm-hmm. it, it makes me feel nostalgic for when I first saw it. But then the appreciation from all the things I've learned since then of how like satirical and hilarious it is. It's brilliant. It's funny because last week Maestro's pick, we were all laughing, having a good time, yeah. and then this one. I warned everybody this is going to be a heavy episode. Yes. It's not going to be that funny. Right. <laughs> Aside from all the, the Buffalo Bill stuff, yeah, it was deep. And I feel like next week it's going to be another heavy – no, no. It's going to be another light, yes. funny episode. A lot of laughs. It's going to be fun. Yep. Yay. And, and by the way, if you want to check that one out, we'll be on Facebook Live for that one. Oh, yeah. We will. Yeah. So that should be interesting. Mr. Porter. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we did the, the game where I had them – uh, give me the synopsis for movies we did in the oh, past. Right. So maybe we'll have that game or something else. Yeah. So tune in to Facebook Live for that one. Yeah. Facebook yeah. Live for extra content is not going to be on the actual podcast itself. So yep. just check that out. Yep. All right. That's it, guys. So until next time, this is uh, Hollywood. No way. Wait, 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 wait. And don't forget, Mastro. Mastro.